Set your course for the Hoth system. General Veers, prepare your men. All troops will debark for ground assault. Prepare to target the main jet. Echo Station 3TA. On an Imperial Walker. Attack pattern Delta. Go now. Watch that clock fire, boys. Right now, I feel like I'd take on the whole empire myself. Target, maximum firepower. Imperial troops have entered the bay. Imperial troops have entered the bay. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Echo Base. This is episode number 206, recorded on March 1st, 2020. And I am here tonight with Tim and Eric. Tim, how are you? I am doing fantastic. I am really excited to uh, be recording tonight. Awesome, awesome. And Eric, how are you? I'm heartbroken. Oh, why, why are you heartbroken? Because all of this was working out so well, except now, Lou, your video and audio are out of sync. And yet Tim's is fine. <laughs> so... Uh, Oh boy. Yeah. Um, it's something specifically about yours and it's all coming through the same Skype call. So it's okay. We'll figure it out. We'll get there sooner or later. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this is what our second time doing a, a live video show for echo base, right? Yes. So, so this is exciting. It's a lot of fun for us. We should have people uh, listening in as we're doing this on Twitch, which is pretty cool. And of course, we have some kinks to work out because you know technology for us here on the uh, on, on these rebel bases is pretty pretty hard to come by. So it's just a matter of what we can get our hands on, and you know, that's it. Uh, do we have any network announcements for the Random Chatter Network? Oh yes, we do. Ooh, what do you got, Tim? Yes, we do. Um, uh, we have introduced a new perk uh, at the ten dollar tier for Patreon. Okay. Just to let folks know. Uh, so $10 uh, a month contributions through Patreon. Uh, three months in, you get a uh, a free T-shirt nice. uh, from our T Public store. So, uh, I'm sorry, you, I get a what? You three don't months get in, anything. I'm typing in chat. I didn't hear what you said. What do you mean I don't? <laughs> three months into your $10 a month Patreon contribution, you get a free T-shirt of uh, awesome. your... Uh, choice of color, size, obviously, and uh, show logo. No, only allowed extra small. <clears throat> <laughs> yes, only extra smalls. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, yeah. So we're we're happy to offer that for folks. That's uh, again just us giving back. We know that people people like to have physical things, I and mean, we're we're able to do certain perks and, and, and that kind of stuff, but people also like to have physical things. So uh, we just uh, turned that on last week. And we're really happy to, to offer that up. Very good. Very good. Um, let's see here. Let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Of course, the regular contact stuff is still there. So email is echobase at randomchatter.com. Uh, social media, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Force Chatter. I am on uh, Twitter at Lou Skywalker. That's Skywalker without the E. I'm also on Instagram at Lou Secchi or Six Inch Hero. Um, Tim, where can they find you on the internets? Uh, Twitter, that is Qui-Gon Tim, Tim with two M's, and Instagram, that is some call me Tim 1138. And Eric, where are you these days? Well, I'm at Eric Blythe, that's E-R-I-K-B-L-Y-T-H-E, and I also have a Twitter for this channel, Cinefan, which is C-Y-N-E-F-A-N, and you can find me on twitch.tv slash Cinefan. Very cool. 
Um, best way to interact with all of us is on Discord. We have a very active Discord server for the network. Uh, all the shows have a channel, and if you go to support us on Patreon, you get access to a whole bunch of other channels, which includes stuff like photography and travel and all kinds of good stuff. Um, we're having some good discussions on um, the status of kind of the Star Wars stuff right now, actually, with what's going on with uh, Project Luminous that we'll be discussing a bit later on in this episode. So uh, yeah, um, some pretty in-depth conversations happen in Discord, which is a great way to uh, kind of flush out stuff we talk about here on the show. Uh, to find out that, you can go to randomchatter.com slash discord. And to find out about supporting us on Patreon, you can go to randomchatter.com slash Patreon. And those t-shirts that Tim said he was just giving away, uh, if you want to buy one of those, you can go to uh, randomchatter.com slash store and uh, check out the Public store we have for all the uh, the shows. Everything from, we've what, added Type Beam and Movie Chatter, the two new ones we've added on. And I've got to go on there and buy those myself. So um, have more shirts to wear and show off our good stuff. Um, let's get right into our awesome. news. We've had a couple big things that, that happened just last week after we recorded, actually, to tell you the truth. Um, yeah, go figure. Of yeah, course. It was like, what, the day after we recorded or two days after we recorded? Um, so we'll, yeah. we'll discuss the Bob Iger one first. So Bob Iger, um, CEO of Disney, has decided to step down roughly 22 months early from his planned departure date. Um, he's stepping down as CEO and he's taking a position as chairman of the board. So he's still involved there, um, just not running things on a day to day basis. And I think that, you know, it, it's early, but I can't say none of this was, you know, all of a sudden a shock. <laughs> uh, I mean, certainly the yeah. markets took it that way, but I mean, this was planned, folks. He was going to be leaving in the next year, anyways. Now he says he wants to focus on a creative side of things instead of working on deals, which he's done a few pretty good sized deals in the last couple of years. Um, what do you guys think about this news? Yeah. Tim, this is um, not a, a big surprise, right, Tim? Yeah, no, it's not really a big surprise. I mean, we, we knew this was coming. I, I think that the, the big issue was how they, uh, how this was released uh, to the media and thus to the public. And that's what kind of added some shock value to it. There was like, I mean, I remember getting the news alert on my phone that, oh, my God, you know, Bob Iger is no longer the CEO of Disney. It was like, what? Wait, yep. what? Yeah. Well, um, the headlines were steps down immediately or effective immediately. I'm like, oh, yeah. You yeah. don't use the words effective immediately. Yeah. unless It's something bad. <laughs> That's what everybody kind of keyed on. Oh, yeah. Kathleen Kennedy kicked him out. <laughs> so so I, I, oh, I no. think – I think a lot of people like immediately thought, oh, my gosh, what happened? Is there something wrong? Is there a scandal? Is there something like that? So uh, but, you know, really quick, I mean, as soon as you read the article, you're like, oh, OK, this was clearly a planned thing. Um, I just I, I wish that they would have said so. And and I mean, there was even some of that shock that was felt in uh, in the stock market in terms of Disney stock. Right. It, because it really wasn't announced properly. I mean, there's a there, there's there's certain standards when it comes to corporate communications and and external communications like that. I mean, they had just done a shareholder call like a few weeks ago. They probably should have mentioned it on there, and that would have taken care of everything. Right. That like, hey, look, this is going to happen. It's going to happen on this date or estimated on this date, and here's how this is going to go. Um, now, the but good thing is he, he I, was I mean, this is a couple of years in the making. Though. I mean, a year or two ago, yeah. he was to have originally stepped down and he extended for a while. So oh, it's true. Yeah, right. We've 
we've known that this because I mean I remember way back uh, shortly after the Force Awakens and they were talking about who might take over for him and there was a discussion of a handful of different people one of whom was also Kathleen Kennedy and so people were speculating about how that might work out um, yeah. and now you know he stuck around a little longer but. This is not uh, like it's news more because of the reactions. And like you said, Tim, the way it was announced, but not so much that it's happening. Right. Because, I mean, this gives him some time to kind of transition things over to the new guy who's not really a new guy either. Right? Yeah. New but, in that role, but not new to the company. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. And I think this makes a lot more sense than him just going as CEO until the end of next year in 2021 and have him just walk away this way here. He's still involved. Yeah. He's got some, you know, ability to mentor the other guy or at least kind of make it a smoother transition, which I think is the best way to do this. You don't want to have, um, you know, being upset where a guy just up and leaves, you know? Yeah. Well, right. and, and that's the thing. I mean, he's still going to be there. He's, um, still staying on as uh, chairman of the board through his, his contract right. term. And so he's still going to be a presence. Uh, you know, I, I don't expect, I don't, I don't think a lot of things are going to change. What do you guys think? Do you think guys think there's going to be any impact no. to specifically to like star Wars, Lucasfilm, anything like that? I mean, everybody has different it. leadership styles. There'll be a couple of little things here and there, but mm. like at, at a high level, I mean, this guy's been around at the top of Disney for a long time. He knows how the Disney corporate culture is set up. He knows mm. a lot about the business deals going on. This is not something where there's going to be sweeping changes. Like this right. is something where he's going to schedule his meetings on Thursdays instead of Tuesdays. You know, it's <laughs> again, management <laughs> styles are differ. But this is not mm -hmm. like a whole redesigned corporate strategy sort of thing. This isn't like way back in the day with uh, Michael Eisner and, and right, this and right. that. Like, do we focus on parks? Do we not focus on parks? No, it's not like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and and as you mentioned, this guy, he has spent several years as the head of parks. And they have made, I mean, specific to Star Wars, especially, they have made leaps and bounds in the last few years in terms of their park stuff. Um, really? No, just kidding. <laughs> so, and, and they're continuing to do so in terms of the ho the, the uh, uh, new hotel that's that's uh, coming up and all that. So I, this guy, I think, is going to continue with a lot of forward motion. Um, I think there was a little bit of surprise because a lot of people expected, uh, and I don't remember his name, the guy who is in charge of uh, their their small screen stuff, primarily to include Disney Plus, uh, he was supposed to be. A lot of people expected him to kind of be the heir apparent. Um, yeah, but you know what? I think it's fine because at least I do. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he really wanted to be CEO. But Disney Plus is still so new to have someone else jump into the leadership of that so soon could be very disruptive. And so I, I, I think we need some, some continuity mm. with that. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. At least from my perspective. Yeah, no, I'm happy to see the guy from Disney plus staying in that role. Um, cause it just kind of yeah. been right. It just got launched. You don't want to upset that apple cart. Too I mean, soon. I'm surprised considering what a massive failure Disney plus has been. You'd think. You'd be <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. How, how many paid subscribers do they have now? And how many? Yeah, no, it's a horrible failure. 
like at least like five. Or four. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Mm. Well, so I mean, now, to me, I think this is a lot of people just kind of overreacting. Yeah. I mean, not understanding what it means maybe. Well, yeah, yeah but, but anytime there's a big shakeup of, of somebody at the top of a major company like Disney, I mean, look at what Disney controls. <laughs> I mean, they, they are kind of the juggernaut in this industry right now. And you have somebody changing positions at the top. It's going to make news and it's going to make Wall Street twitchy. So make people nervous a little bit here and there. But I think all in all, I think it's just part of their plan going forward. Yeah. The other big news was talked about on this was Monday night. This was released, I think. Um, last Monday, Project Luminous, something that's been talked about for at least a year, I guess, right? Because they announced this mm -hmm. name at Celebration in Chicago. Yeah, which was what, last April? Last April, yep. So just about a year, pretty close, and, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, they've been talking about it, they've been saying it's coming, and we're all like, what's coming? You know, what, what is Project Luminous? And we we had some knowledge that it was going to be book-related because it was mainly authors involved in some of the announcements. Um, yeah. But um, we finally got some news released last week. We've had about a week to digest this a little bit and think about this in our own heads. So um, Project Luminous is going to be a collection of books and comics. Mm -hmm. um, I thought there was a video game aspect of this too, but I didn't hear anything about that in this announcement last Monday. But yeah, um, we may still get something mm -hmm. <clears throat> video game related. And I kind of hope they announce more stuff with this, even for, you know, live action or animation down the road. If this takes hold the way I hope it does. Uh, but let's kind of set the tone yeah. for what the era is that Project Luminous is set in. Tim, why don't you bring us through that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Project Luminous is uh, in what they are calling the High Republic, which is uh, set like around 200 years or so before the events of The Phantom Menace, which, by the way, is the uh, best of the prequel movies. Um, uh, and this is being this is being billed as basically a golden age for the Jedi and, and in fact, for the Republic. So it's kind of a time of general peace. It's a time of expansion. They're they're pushing out into the outer rim. There's uh, there's exploration, there's pioneering. So, you know, we can kind of relate that exploration and pioneering thing to the um, basically to, to what we had here in the U.S. So like as we were pushing west and, you know, like the California gold rush and that kind of stuff, um, you know, little settlements here and there. And, yeah, you might have some little skirmishes or, or disruptions because, uh, of course, we were settling into other people's land, uh, <laughs> which <laughs> largely is going to be what's happening here in uh, in, in, in the Republic. Um, so it's it's a really interesting period of time. I mean, we were we were introduced to Star Wars in A New Hope that basically the Outer Rim was well, it was still kind of, quote, the Wild West. It yeah. was at least still explored. It was it was there was an established presence. And whether the New Republic was um, the governing entity there or not was still uh, that still differed based on certain systems and planets. Um, but but at least we were there. This is a period where we're we're getting there. Yeah, I and and I think that this is exciting because. It's allowing these writers to have total freedom. Right. Um, yeah. They're not going to be writing anything that's bumping up against the prequels or the original trilogy or anything else that's out there that that's canon. Um, so it, it, in my mind, this is a 
a great way to kind of reset, bring us all back into one spot and kind of go from there. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm really excited about this. I'm really anticipating this to be a good thing for Star Wars fans, a good thing for the, for the franchise and, and having us just get excited about brand new stuff. Um, I mean, there was a trailer that was released after the announcement Monday night and the thing that kind of, you know, the two things they said they were kind of basing this on when they first kind of set out to do this was one of them was that quote from Kenobi in a new hope where he said for over a thousand generations, you know, yada, yada, yada. And, and the thing that they wanted to look at was, you know, what scares the Jedi? So those two things together, it's giving us information about what was the Republic before at the, at the time when Jedi were at the height of their power, the most recognized or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then find out that what scares them, you know, what, what, what kind of threat is out there in the unknown region? I should say unknown regions. That's a different thing. Uh, in, in the, in the wild, wild west out there, yeah. that's going to scare the Jedi. Yeah. I, I've got some mixed feelings about this, but if nothing else, if you look at all the controversy in the Star Wars fan community, a lot of people have been asking, okay, so what now? Are we are we done with Star Wars movies? Is that something that doesn't work anymore? Or is that something that's still going to be a big focus? Um, the television thing seems to be going okay. The, com- the books have been a little hit or miss. The comic books have mostly been well accepted, but... and. If nothing else, like I think they could even do movies in this time period if they wanted to in the sense that it's yeah. a fresh start. There, there aren't all of these yeah. uh, preconceived notions. There aren't expectations. There aren't, well, this character wouldn't do this. This character would do that. There's zero possibility of running into, I shouldn't say zero, but there's almost zero possibility yeah. of running into established characters with the exception of Yoda maybe. Yeah. Because, One possibility, yeah. You know, yeah. So other than that, this is a clean slate. And in fact, David in the chat room pointed out that it also avoids bumping into Legends because there was nothing from Legends 200 years prior to this either. Now, my my issue is that 200 years prior to, let's say, the prequels is not as long as I was expecting, like it's depending on the alien Same. races you're talking about and what their yeah. lifespans are. This is what maybe a generation in some cases, that's not mm-hmm. as much separation as I was expecting. So when you're looking at a clean slate, I guess I was hoping for a cleaner slate, yeah. like maybe yeah. hundred years prior instead of 200. So, so, so originally when but, they had the announcement, they said hundreds of years before and I'm thinking, okay, six, 700 years ago, that would be, what I was kind of shooting for um, 200 yeah. years just seems a little bit too close, but it, it, it does give the, 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 I don't know, the, the setting that we are close to what we had in the movies. So maybe it gives it some familiarity to the, to the, to the fans, you know? Yeah. But I, I'm trying to cover for it. Cause I, mean, no, I, I, I wish think... it was years, you know, a yeah. couple hundred years <laughs> trying to do the before. glass half full. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I would have liked I mean, to have the rumors seen... were 400 initially. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen something in the 400 to 600 range um, just to kind of get it removed a little bit more. Yeah. I think 200 is fine though. And, and, you know, Eric, this brings up just kind of reflecting back on some of the stuff that you said in terms of expectations and trying to get away from those. First of all, very personally, I am 
I'm very happy that we're done with the Skywalker saga for as wonderful as it was. And it gave us truly decades of phenomenal enjoyment. And it still will continue to serve as the foundation of everything we know in star Wars. We, we had to get away from it. We had to get away from those characters in that time period and all the stuff that was involved in it because I think story wise, it was getting exhausted and the Star Wars fandom is just, it's a mess. And I think so much of it is because people were, have been so, people have been so aggressive about their expectations. And so then that, that then looks to, okay, well, what they were, what were they going to do next? And so many people wanted the old Republic, which I completely agree. The old Republic would have been absolutely fantastic to do. And this doesn't mean that they're not going to do the old Republic at some point. Um, but you know, we, we did have some stuff. We obviously had games. We had some books, uh, and I think Mm -hmm. even comics that were set in the old Republic and it really, really, you know, cool time period to explore in this. But again, it's something that has been established and people have certain expectations that go with that. Mm -hmm. Therefore, whatever Lucasfilm does is going to be wrong in the (laughs) eyes of many people because they have certain expectations about it. And we've seen what that does. So with them doing something that basically, you know, I mean, we're simply forming our not even expectations, almost kind of speculations. Now, I don't even think that we can have full out expectations yet because they haven't given us anything to go from. Um, so we can only speculate it as as to what they're going to be talking about in this time period. And so like, it makes a great time for folks. And it's, it's great because, uh, even Shannon, who's, uh, one of our staff members, she's a host over on, uh, the tight beam. And, uh, even she mentioned, she's like, Hey, I've kind of been like this, casual, like at an arm's length Star Wars fan for a long time. And I'm really excited about this because this seems like a great entry point for me to get into the Star Wars fan because it's kind of, it's not a reset, but it's, it's, it's the start of something completely new. Right. It's another move. Yeah. And I think this is going to bring a lot of new fans into Star Wars and it's going to be refreshing. So, so they did say yeah. they're going to have a core set of heroes, uh, presumably Jedi, um, that we're going to be kind of following through all these stories. And it, we should probably give a recap on what the stories are. So first we're going to get, let's see, um, uh, the first one's going to be The Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. Um, this is coming out in August. So right after, no, actually right before Celebration, right? It comes out August 25th. Celebration starts on the 27th, I think, if I remember correctly. So, um, you know, that'll kind of lead us right into this. We're going to have A Test of Courage um, by Justina Ireland. Uh, it's a junior novel on September 8th. And we're going to have Star Wars The High Republic Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. That'll be a young adult novel released on October 13th. Uh, Scott Caravan is doing the Marvel series, which you don't have a date on. Uh, the High Republic Adventures IDW series. Uh, no release date yet either on that. Um, and, and this stuff here is going to focus on all the same stuff. So from different aspects, and, and I mean, Claudia Gray has done some, she's done young adult novels before, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah seen, and she, oh, and she's pretty good at her it. Her stuff is really good. I've yep. really enjoyed yeah, she's it. She's like one of the better mm-hmm. new canon mm-hmm. authors. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Although I, mean, I, I so I have to say, you know, David did bring up that it would be awesome to see some of the uh, older authors of, of Star Wars come back in. And mm-hmm. that would be fantastic. I mean, I would love to see. I, I mean, I the three of us are huge fans of Mike Stackpole. Yeah. And the stuff he's done. And oh, my gosh, if he you came know, back and did something, I would be thrilled. I there's know, there's there's a good handful of 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 authors from the the what's now legends that would be but the way phenomenal. that the star wars fandom is right now jackson miller yeah it's got to be hard for some authors to want to come back or authors to start up it's like uh, do i really want to get into the middle of that circus ring like it's yeah but the books have things pan out yeah but the books haven't run into the same fandom roadblocks that that movies have i, I mean I, I can i can definitely see how as a director <laughs> do you want to direct another star wars movie as an actor right. do you want to be in a star wars it's like mm, maybe not you know but, but a lot of the star wars books even haven't haven't really gotten a very good reception i mean we've talked before about it on this show like what half maybe of the new canon books we like and the other half are eh, tolerable at best i mean it's yeah, for me, I think it was more of the, again, expectation of what you were going to get, you know, um, yeah. especially with, you know, the, the Road of the Force Awakens and, the, you know, the, the novels leading up to stuff was always a little bit of a letdown for me. Going back and reading them again, um, I was rereading the Aftermath trilogy, and I find I, uh, I'm enjoying it more because I'm not worrying about what I'm going to get leading into the movie. It's not about that anymore. It's about the actual story itself. Yeah, yeah, you know, I I, don't, I I am really excited about this. I'm really excited to find out things in the universe at this time. You know, what the status of government is, what the how how wide are the Jedi? How well what known are they? Where are they? Um, you know, is it like you know you, you you're walking down the supermarket and say, hey, there's Bob the Jedi. Or, or, or are they mythical people that you don't see very often or, or hear about very much? Um, they were I love that right. you bring up Bob the Jedi. He is absolutely my favorite Jedi of he all is, time. He is, isn't it? Yeah, he's just the average Joe, you know, down in the coffee shop. But uh, <laughs> or, or the average Bob in this case. Um, but but I, I mean, I think that that's something that we're going to get more of, and we're going to get some fill in the blanks here for what happened before. You know, what, what led up to this? What, what was the state of the Jedi? A thousand years ago, I'm sure we're going to get some history, yeah, of the Jedi leading into these novels or in these novels. And it, you know, it, it, David brings up uh, John Jackson Miller, and I absolutely love John Jackson Miller's stuff. It's it's funny, um, <laughs> the, the irony of things. Two of my favorite writers were both um, involved with this, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, completely fictional film of Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, <laughs> and, and you know, one of my favorite authors is the one who wrote the novelization for it. And John Jackson Miller is the one who wrote the comic book ad- adaptation of it. I love John Jackson Miller. The guy is so personable. I see him at cons. And it's funny because I only see him like walking through the con. And stop and like he'll like stop and talk to you for like five minutes. The dude is is fantastic, yeah. um, so mm-hmm. so personable, yeah. and he's he's done uh, he's done a lot of, of of Star Wars stuff. He has done things. I mean, he's written some Iron Man comics. He's written a lot of Star Wars comics, uh, some Star Trek stuff. 
Um, he actually, and if anyone hasn't, um, hasn't read it before he did, uh, there's a series he called, uh, that he did called overdraft, which was actually originally released as a blog, uh, as a series of blog posts, but you can buy it now as essentially a, a, a compendium novel. Um, and, uh, that was his first non-licensed thing that he did phenomenal sci-fi, hmm. amazing sci-fi. And so, you know, you look at that, you look at the, uh, the Kenobi book that he did. He does stuff really well in kind of these roughly defined time periods and locations where he can deal with a little bit of, of that, again, the exploration and settlement type of thing. He'd be a great author to bring into this. And there's actually... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just putting it out there, there's potential because this seems to be uh, there's indications that this is uh, just phase one of, right. of, right, of right. what we're seeing in terms of this whole High Republic thing. Um, just these few novels that they brought up. So, you know, Lou, you mentioned that there's still these rumors of a game looming out there. We may still get that. We're probably going to get more novels. We're probably going to get more comics. Maybe we're going to see something on Disney Plus. Maybe we're going to see a movie. I think they're probably waiting to to see how this stuff is received. Right. Um, I mean, and I think this, that there's a lot of potential for it. If this is really well received, I can see them going full bore on it. I mean, I, it's yeah. why wouldn't you? Star Wars is still a business, and it's a creative entity. Like it's a creative franchise, and that's good. But yeah. if everybody just stopped seeing it, they wouldn't make any more because it costs money to hire book authors or comic book illustrators mm -hmm. or movie producers, et cetera. This is all part of the entertainment industry. It has to make some kind of money and people mm -hmm. vote with their wallets. We talk about that all the time in a random chatter is that as much as we want to look at the artistic and creative value of, of this content, which is super important. It's at the end of the day, it's still a business. And if it fails, we're not going to see more of it come back. And if it succeeds, we're apparently going to get Sonic the Hedgehog uh, sequels. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Hey, I, when I, we have a new follower, that's awesome. I, I mean, but, I, I think that, this is I, just going to be the tip of the iceberg, though. Yeah, I think that we could really um, get a lot more of this. Uh, so let's see here. Um, so, I mean, this does bring up the question. I mean, all they've talked about is, is print material, right? So novels, young adult novels, comic yeah. books, um, you know, will we get the Disney plus series out of this? Will we get a movie out of this? I would hope so. I mean, it, you know, I, I, I kind of posed out there if it's well received and really the direction that Eric went with it, which is a statement that Eric has, has made many, many times before, which is you could take, you could do a two hour movie of paint drying and call it star Wars paint drying. And it's going to sell millions of dollars of tens of millions of dollars of, of, of box office. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, if, if they have that, if they have, um, something in Disney plus and I really like the episodic format. I, I still mm. think that star Wars needs to do films because I think that that's an important foundation for them. But when you have kind of extended storylines that you can tell in an episodic format, and I have a whole discussion of this coming up in random chatter later related to Indiana Jones, uh, 
I think it's just ideal. And Disney Plus, since Disney owns this, is just the best possible way for them to do it. Yeah, it, I mean, you know, I think you're right, Tim. I, I like the content you get in a TV show. I like the fact that we get more content. You know, you get a movie, you get two and a half hours, right? Or two hours. You get a series, you get 10 hours or, you know, well, Mandalorian, you get 10 or eight half hour episodes, you know, whatever. But you're still getting more content than you would get in a movie. Yeah, totally. Um, And you can tell a deeper story. You can tell much more detailed stories. Yeah. Um, I would love them to pick up an aspect of this or even something that was connected to it, not even maybe about the main group of the, the, the main, you know, protagonists in this, but go with something totally different. Go with some offshoot. And give well, us something. And, you know, you have guys like the Russo brothers and over in Guardians of the MCU, we've obviously talked about uh, the Russo brothers a lot. And their preferred style of storytelling is this whole episodic approach. And which is actually the whole reason why they were brought into the MCU was to do a lot of um, a lot of the, the the key films in the MCU and they uh, they're essentially telling an episodic story because when you look at the first three phases of the MCU, which kind of comprises the whole uh, uh, Infinity Gauntlet uh, storyline, so much of that is episodic, especially those those bigger films. Right. Um, and, and I I would love to see the Russo brothers brought in to work on Disney plus projects, whether it's for the MCU, whether it's for uh, star Wars for both of them. I Disney plus needs to vomit money all over these guys and, and just give them money to do stuff. I, I that's, that's how it's going to go. It absolutely is. They're geniuses. You heard it here first. <laughs> vomit money. That's what you heard. <laughs> that's what we heard. All right. <laughs> Um, I, I guess we have our episode title, <laughs> Vomit oh, Money. Nobody, <laughs> want, nobody wants that for an episode title. No. <laughs> um, have you guys pre-ordered your novelization for The Rise of Skywalker yet? Negative. Have not. I have. I figured Eric had because he's an audible guy like me, and I've got mine pre-ordered as well. Um, if you were in Chicago this weekend at C2E2, you could have gotten a copy there. Yep, that would have been nice. And um, there are, you know, I won't say there's a lot of people. Unfortunately, and again, it it goes back to so much of the discussion that we kind of had in the immediate aftermath of the rise of Skywalker, and I think it's a lot of the same people who were unhappy with the storyline and the outcomes of the rise of Skywalker. Um, who unfortunately they're kind of being jerks and they are posting actual pictures of pages in the novelization and putting them up on social media so they can complain about the stuff that's in there. Because obviously the novelization, like any novelization of a movie, whether the novel comes up before the film or after often dives into a little bit of extra uh, detail and they can mm-hmm. do exposition of what characters are thinking and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And, and it, all it has done, unfortunately has, is added a lot of fuel to the fire for, for these certain fans. Um, and 
there's details in there that are essentially spoilers and, and they're, they're just freely putting these up on social media. Um, I ended up going on a, on a whole blocking campaign last night on oh, Twitter boy. cause I got yeah. off about it. Um, and just uh, basically anyone who is posting these pictures of, of pages just got an automatic block from me. Um, I, I mean, I mean that is frustrating when people do that. I mean, it, it's not as critical for this because we've, we know the story we've seen the movie, um, but but yeah, the the stuff that's going to be new to us in this in in the novelization, we'd like to read it for ourselves, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and the novelization itself, I think, releases fully like on the seventeenth or something of of March, the thirteenth of March, seventeenth right. of March. I think seventeenth so, sounds right. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, people are putting stuff up that is almost three weeks ahead of the public release, mm. and and you know, I I just I think it's unfortunate um, that that's happening and. But again, it's a small group of people. It is not the majority of folks who got these. And I just wish people would be more respectful of it. I guess my take on it is that, I mean, it's the novelization of a movie. And so the movie hasn't hit home video yet. So in that regard, uh, is it a spoiler? I don't know. I mean, he was also the fact that Palpatine's in it was in the movie trailer. So it's part of the marketing. So and then whether or not he's a clone, if it's not in the movie and anyway, like it's, it's just it, to me, it's weird. Like it's a novelization and it's a throwaway line in it. And and so. Like, uh, is it a spoiler? Not really. It doesn't really spoil anything and when you're reading the book it's about the overall story of things the fact that oh that little thing is explained now like i don't think i'm going to enjoy the novel any less having that one little bit of information passed on the movie is Mm -hmm. i hate to say it this way but the movie is what counts this is an adaptation of the movie not the other way around so this is really just kind of a uh, hey, now you can flip through the pages and get the details and reference them when you're doing podcasts. Like it's, it matters, but like, as they've said, said with Canon, even if there's something in the novel that contradicts the film, the film still takes priority. The film is what counts. So as long as nothing is contradictory, they're at Canon level, right? Mm-hmm. So it matters. But it's like it's supplemental to the. It is the movie just written out. So I, I get it. I wish people hadn't spoiled it. I have a hard time getting too upset about it. And yet I understand the people who are upset. Everybody's going to have different opinions on it, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, mm. I think the people who are spoiling it maliciously, I would probably block them just because I don't like that type yeah. of attitude anyway. But otherwise, like for me, well, I mean, I would tend to think it's anybody not who's, a big deal. It's like it's reference material mm-hmm. for me, you know, but I have to believe anybody, anybody putting content out now knows that they're spoiling for somebody else because it's not freely available everywhere. This this was an early release at, at a convention and, you know, but it's a story we already know, though. Like, again, it, it's a, right. But some people want to read that and have it all the nuances and all the details revealed to them in reading it. I I will say that anybody who's intentionally spoiling it, I disagree Mm -hmm. with that. Anybody who's revealing the information 
where in their mindset it is not a spoiler because it's kind of how I just described it, then I'm not upset with that person. Like there's an intent that we saw with – I know that's confusing. There, there's an intent that we saw with episode seven, eight, and 9 of people intentionally ruining it for people, and that's wrong. The people who look at it, I think, kind of like my perspective on it, where it's more like, you know, we saw mm -hmm. the movie. The movie was the big deal. And this is just like somebody hit print. You know, th this is just this is the yeah the movie in words. It's the same thing. It's basically reference material. Like to me, it's not a spoiler. So I, I guess to me, I'm, I'm upset with the people whose intent it was to ruin it for things and the people who are looking at it as basically reference material. I don't I don't think they necessarily did anything wrong. They just accidentally messed it up for people. Yeah, no, I, I see your point. I mean. I would err on the side of not doing it. Right. Like, I, I would I, not have tweeted that stuff. Out. Right. I, I mean, that's my point that, you know, along with what Tim was saying, it's it's couple weeks earlier than it's being released to the general public and you have special knowledge, you're talking about it. It's like, well, you probably should keep your mouth shut um, because it's not in wide release, right? Yeah. It's like getting a, you know, an early screener for something and talking about it before the movie comes out. It, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's not as bad as a movie thing would be. Eric, you're right about that, but it's but still then, like, it's still malicious. <laughs> And an advanced screener for a movie, it's still a, it's a movie you haven't seen. Like all yeah. of the content is new. In mm -hmm. this, it's all not new. It's just, but and yet I know it still counts. I I, I get it. It's just it, to me, it feels like it's a little bit different. It's not like spoiling a movie screener or a novel where like the next Thrawn novel. Mm -hmm. But if the movie comes out for the next Thrawn novel first. Eric, there's a movie for the Thrawn novel. What? And if, Eric, if first of all, first, first Tim. of all, please genuflect when you say his name. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Does this count as genuflecting? Is this? Sure. Why not? Okay. <laughs> but then it doesn't, it's not the same <laughs> thing. So uh, there's you know a delay saying, in right? the video. Like so it took me a moment. Screener, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So David, David in our chat is calling me out and he's absolutely right. I mean, I, I would, I would I always lean on the, the effect of unless it's been confirmed some way that are either in a novel or in writing or in a comic or, or on screen, it's not canon. And just cause we're assuming something doesn't mean it's true. And, and I, I use the word true with air quotes because we're talking about a fictional universe here, but um, you know, this does confirm what he was and, 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 and that's something that we would have gotten ourselves when we read that. But, you know, until it's in print, um, it's not really canon yet. And since the book hasn't been released yet, I'll say this is not canon yet because it's not really. So it's not canon for released. another two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now we will know in two weeks what will become canon. We're seeing the future. Mind blown. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> um. What? Tim, you got a story in here about the Rise of Skywalker comic coming out, and it's going to include deleted scenes. Is there video in the comic? No, no, no. That doesn't make uh, sense, Tim. <laughs> well, you know, obviously we get a nice visual medium uh, with, with comics, and I, I think quite honestly very similar to the novelization, where the novelization gives us the prose 
on certain scenes that we haven't seen. We're simply going to get some of those in comics. Um, mm. I just really thought it was worth mentioning. I don't know if there's really anything to discuss in there. Some people are like terrifically excited about it. I, okay. I mean, that's cool. I, I like to see deleted scenes. Um, certainly we're going to see them in, in the original movie format once, um, you know, once the movie comes out, I, I assume it's going to have a certain special feature with a handful of deleted scenes in it, as most movies do. And that's that. There you go. So it's a storyboard, basically. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, in in yeah, just an ex- expanded to be a comic book format. There you go. Uh, what's new on Disney Plus? Nurek, I know you guys cover a lot of this in detail on Nights at a Hall Table, which everybody should be listening to as well. Yeah, um, we've got to bring that back. Yeah, well, no, you guys have been doing a great job, and I can't wait to hear. Well, I should say I can't wait because I haven't watched the episodes of Clone Wars. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm still catching mm. up on. The, I want to rewatch some of the older stuff. Um, Lewis, what, what, Tim? <sighs> Lou, Tim, I'm a busy guy. I got a lot of stuff I got to watch. You're not, you're not missing them. Wow, Eric! <laughs> you know what? You're you're both fired. Don't you're over both fired. don't, don't oversell it. it, Eric. Come on. It's it's like I said in the Discord server. The first episode felt a lot like a Michael Bay directed production. <laughs> it was um, the pacing was good. The action scenes were good. The uh, the camera angles were laid out really well. It was visually impressive. It was exciting with uh, cardboard characters and predictable dialogue and a superficial story that was very done before so many times. But you have to keep in mind it's a kid's show as much as it is an adult show. And so... Having that more simplified story that's, yeah, it's a little bit predictable. There's depth to it. It's just really predictable. But uh, the second episode I've heard is better. I've not watched the second episode yet. I've got to catch up. I've been working uh, nonstop since it was released, so I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Um, I'm hearing the the second one is a little bit more plot driven. And so that's good. And the first one wasn't bad. I'm not trying to say it was a bad episode. It was good. I just already have a little bit of difficulty getting into the clones as characters. And then the the characters of this team were very stereotypical. You've got the thug, you've got the sniper, you've got the leader, you've got the techie. Like, yeah. Well, and, and keep in mind that very specifically, this, uh, this storyline is three episodes. So what we're getting out of this is is fundamentally three acts, one one act per episode. Mm. And, um, you know, the first act established the premise and was very heavy handed and it gave us the action to to kind of draw you in. The second act built up and it gave us more exposition and it gave us the the, the plot and the storyline. And then obviously the third one's going to give us that meaningful resolution with, that, that we expect. And uh, so I did see the second episode, um, uh, which was a distant echo. And I liked it. I thought it was really great. I thought it was, I, I mean, Eric, I, I completely understand where you're coming from in terms of your statements that it had, you know, really maybe too much action, a little too much flash, a little too much, um, 
just kind of the, the, the contrived tropey stuff. The second one really was uh, much more solid in terms of kind of its own contained thing. But again, keeping in mind that it is the middle act of a three act mm-hmm. uh, story. I thought it did really well. I, I, I liked it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I liked where it went and I'm looking forward to the third one. The third one has been aired before uh, in a fashion. It was part of the um, the kind of release of those the the lost episode kind of a thing. But I'm looking forward to seeing it in its finished version. And I hadn't seen that uh, lost episode version for a long time. So I've really completely forgotten about what's in it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Other Disney Plus news. Um, the Resistance. All the episodes are now on Disney Plus. Now that show has finished up. Um, let's see. We have news here that James Mangold and Robert, Rodri- Robert Rodriguez are set to direct episodes in season two of The Mandalorian. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard also returns to direct an episode. So uh, James Mangold, and you know, we're going to talk a little bit about this more in um, in Random Chatter, but James Mangold is like Lucasfilm saying like, hey, James Mangold, here, take a bunch of money. We, we, we like the stuff you're doing. So, I mean, they're, they're, uh, it looks like they're bringing him in to do uh, some work on The Mandalorian. And it, he seems to be in talks to be uh, the guy who's going to be directing the next Indiana Jones movie, which should be Indiana Jones 4, but they're calling it 5, whatever. Or we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Jim. Um, Jim, but, you might not uh, like this one either, so don't get too excited. <laughs> uh, but it, uh, um, uh, Steven Spielberg has, has stepped aside. He's, he said he's not going to be directing uh, the next Indiana Jones film. So, uh, you know, James Mangold has a really good filmography behind him. I think he's a very competent director, insanely competent. And I'm excited to see him in both formats. It's going to be great to see him, uh, I mean, doing more big screen stuff, which is what he's usually done, but also to do something which is, you know, episodic. Okay, cool. Cool. We'll look forward to hearing about that. Um, and let's see. We have an <clears throat> interview here that um, Giancarlo Esposito talking about The Mandalorian. Uh, where was this from, Tim? This was from Game Radar, I think it was. James Radar, yeah. Uh, yeah well, originally it was from comicbook.com. And um, so Giancarlo oh, okay. Esposito plays uh, Moff Gideon. And... I hope I'm not spoiling anything. I'm hoping people are, are, are have gotten through the Mandalorian, but yeah. you know, there was a big epic thing involving I would keep it a, general. a form of a lightsaber. I'll keep mm-hmm. it at that. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, good. If 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 that's fair, at the the very end of the first season of The Mandalorian. And uh so his his statement here, he says uh uh, he's in a bit of a struggle with someone else in season two, uh, which I'm hoping you'll enjoy. And there will be major, major, epic, epic lightsaber action happening on this show. Very excited. That about sounds this. cool. Yep. And this is like the thing is, this takes off from the Clone Wars. It takes off from Rebels. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. All this stuff coming full circle with this very specific lightsaber. So it's wonderful. It's cool that we're getting him doing this stuff because, you know, we were all excited that he was in the Mandalorian and we didn't get to see very much of him. And then what we did get to see at the very end was like, okay, I'm in now. I really want to see this character blossom and do more in this show. 
And now that we know he's going to get to wield this thing, it's like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> Not that I wasn't before, yeah. but yeah, I'm in. I'm just looking forward to the show coming back. I, you know, whatever happens, I don't really care. Really? So, so if it came back, it was really bad. You just be happy it came back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. I, Again, I would just sit there Star and stare Wars, at the, paint the, the armor for like an hour at a time. And it'd be great. <laughs> no, I, the lightsaber thing. Listen, I've, I like lightsabers. But I, we got through an entire season with no lightsabers. Like I'm fine with just focusing on the pilots and the smugglers and the bounty hunters and the crime lords and and things like that. Like I, oh, yes, even Baby Yoda, <laughs> uh, Jedi girl in the chat. Yeah, I, I'm not Maybe a fan you grow of up really fast stuff. and start killing people. But like, I I don't <laughs> like. I understand that the end of season one has implications, and that we want to see those implications fulfilled. But I don't care about having lightsaber battles. I don't know that we necessarily need to see Jedi. It would be interesting to watch some sort of a battle with um i mean in legends the beskar armor was always um resistant to lightsabers they couldn't penetrate it so i would be interested in seeing some sort of a battle in that regard um or we've talked before about the possibility of uh no spoilers this is just us guessing that we could see ahsoka oh. something like that would be okay yeah. but i really don't want it to turn into that sort of a focus. I think mm -hmm. what they've been focusing on so far has been really good. And, um, well, I mean, yeah. And rogue one, for example, another movie with no lightsabers. Well, the epilogue, end, right. notwithstanding, but, 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 but I mean, you know, I don't think you need to have the lightsaber as a Jedi weapon. Cause we don't have a Jedi here. So to me, it's kind of okay because, you know, Muff Gideon is not a Jedi. He's not a Sith. He just has this really epic saber. He's barely even a Moff at this point. We've seen no other non-Jedi <laughs> right. in the movies with lightsabers. Yeah. Blue. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, One of the most epic characters ever. Right? Epic characters ever. Yeah. Who? The non-Jedi with the lightsaber. Come on, trivia. Trivia. Give it a second. Don't tell him, Tim. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. I know. It's hilarious. But but David said I was perfect. So that's uh, all I care about. Well, but David's not perfect. So <laughs> who, who? Han Solo. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, picks it up and yeah. epically slices this I, I, already I mean, dying or dead. Carving a turkey doesn't really quote wielding a, Jedi, a, a lightsaber, but you know. Yeah, I, I would think they smell bad the on the outside. <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, I always think back to, I don't know what novel it was. It was one of the first ones back in probably the 90s talking about how only a Jedi could wield a lightsaber because of the the forces it took to control 
you know, the motion of the lightsaber and so forth. I don't, don't remember yeah. what novel that was in, but there was something, there was something about that back then, which I kind of I think liked. that was discarded. Yeah, I'm sure it was. But I mean, I like, it, yeah, I like the concept of it. But yeah. again, when in the movie we see someone pick it up and turn it up, like, I don't know that you would be able to effectively use it. But uh, um, what's his face? General Grievous wielded four at once and he was not a Jedi. True, true. Just saying. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> um, let's see, we have a working title for the Kenobi series that is or isn't on hold. We don't really know, but... Watching paint dry? Is that what it is? <laughs> that, and it'll that, still sell. That would be Tim's, Tim's uh, Sand series. Sand gets everywhere. Sand gets everywhere. It's so gritty and abrasive. Yeah. Um, Pilgrim is what they're calling it, which... We know working titles are just working titles, so, you know, whatever. So does that imply anything? Does that indicate that he's, like, migratory or I nomadic? doubt it. Or, like, he's move. It, it implies to me some sort of a movement, like a relocation, hopefully not just to Tatooine, but, like, it... <laughs> maybe we get off the planet, out of the desert, just grasping at straws here out of desperation. Mm. Yeah, that, that that sounds as plausible as anything else. I'm hoping. Right? He's got to do something. You uh -huh. can't just be watching that kid all, all this time. <laughs> yeah, a boring well, show. I'm still not sold. No. We'll see. Uh, let's see. The Rise of Skywalker is approaching $1.1 billion at the box office internationally. Good. That's nice. Yeah. Where does that put it in the overall scheme of things, Tim? Uh, well, that puts it uh, pretty likely, if, if if it is going to hit the $1.1 billion mark, uh, pretty likely to be passing Joker, Toy Story 4, and Dark Knight Rises. Okay. So some some pretty benchmark movies i mean obviously dark knight rises has been in place for a long time uh joker and toy story 4 are just from the past year um so those are those are pretty significant uh, something that may be messing with that and we're going to talk about it more in random chatter is the fact that um really the the biggest uh things that fuel the international box office especially now is china and a lot of theaters in china are being closed because of uh covid-19 aka coronavirus oh come on yeah really yeah I, i'm just kidding okay dude too soon <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry like i know not even i know i beginning know. too soon i know, I know. Yeah, no, listen, if we were hit to the degree that they are, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't think I would go to the theater either. Listen, you know, here in the United States, I know a lot of people have political opinions about China, and I have my own, but let's keep in mind that not everybody necessarily agrees with their government and what their government is doing, and the people on the ground there have... Uh, a real emergency situation going on mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that, you know, our, our hearts go out to them. That's a really 
tricky, complicated, difficult thing to to deal with. And yeah, yeah, their entire lives right now are legitimately being turned upside down as a result of this virus. And other locations are starting to trend toward that as well. Yeah. And it, it leaves me hard right now. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it's the thing and it's going to affect economy. It's going to, it's already started to affect uh, tech production because of course mm-hmm. China produces a lot of stuff and it's going to affect the box office. Uh, a yeah. lot of North American made movies are now specifically targeting that audience and relying on that as the main source of box office revenue. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be there for, I'm predicting a, a good chunk of 2020. Yeah. So it's, um, right. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, like, so we're going to talk about this a little bit more, uh, coming up in random chatter, uh, for those of you who are with us on, on Twitch, that's like coming up soon. Uh, for those of you who are listening to this as a podcast, you just have to go to that episode. It's gonna be two fifty four. Um, also tomorrow, uh, late afternoon, early evening, John and I, uh, if you listen to guardians of the MCU, which you should be, if you're not shame on you, um, John and I, uh, who, who both are, are in the same field. We both do, uh, this thing called emergency management. We've, we've, uh, both of us have been in the industry for, for over 20 years, um, dealing with a lot of this stuff. We're actually going to do a, uh, kind of a, a special episode that we're going to put out on the random chatter feed talking about this because it does have a lot of pop culture implications, everything from things like the box office that we're talking about now to conventions and being that convention season has really just started uh, Mm. with like C2E2 and uh, PAX East, which were this weekend, Um, you know, and and even folks who are looking forward to uh, celebration, which is in August. Well, how long is this COVID-19 thing going to go for? Right. And what kind of precautions should I have in places with, um, large numbers of people and traveling there and all that kind of stuff. So John and I are going to talk about that, um, at least based on current information that we have right now. We we can't predict what's going to be going on six months from now, um, but at least current stuff. I, there, there's, there's obviously a lot of precaution. It is a very, very hot topic right now. And uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about that. Give everyone some info. Cool. Yeah. Good, solid info is definitely a key one. Situations like this happen. The media tends to blow things out of proportion, and um, you know the right answers could help you out quite a bit. Yeah. Okay, guys, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. So, unless you guys have anything else, we're going to close the blast doors and uh, get out of here for another week. Keep the cold out. All right. If I can throw in, if you would like to chat and watch us live, we record typically every Sunday night. Uh, well, we try to start around 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, and a lot of times it's 8.30. Tonight it was 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. We have the best intentions. Yeah, we try. Yeah, you know, life happens. In fact, there's always one uh, Sunday evening a month where I have to do it either much earlier or not at all. But, but typically speaking, we are here around, I would say, 8.30 p.m. Eastern is a good bet. That's GMT minus 5. And uh, you can join us in the stream. You can watch us live. You can also catch the video after the fact. Um, typically, it's it's right on Twitch immediately after the recording. So uh, twitch.tv slash Cinefan, C-Y-N-E-F-A-N for now. Eventually, it will be going to a Random Shatter Network channel. We just have to finish getting that set up. That'll be coming soon, hopefully and later this month. GMT minus five now, but next week, GMT minus four, right? 
I don't know. I need to figure out how all that works. Is it next week that we do the Ooh, next Sunday? We do we do the spring ahead thing. So, <sighs> so it's a weekend I have off. Like if I if I were working night shift that weekend, then I get a free <laughs> hour. But instead, I lose one of. Oh my gosh. I hate my life. Yeah, I, I much like the fall back than spring ahead thing. We get that extra yeah. hour of sleep, but not if you're working a night shift because then it truly sucks. So yeah, that's okay. Okay, well, I guess we're gonna close the blast doors and we'll come back at you guys in about a week. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.